Welcome back to JB Sports Podcast, and we're just going to get right into it. I'm going to start this off by talking about college football. I know it's been a minute since I've talked about college football at all. I think a couple podcasts ago, I kind of got really into the whole how Big Ten is stopping college football from happening and all that. Turns out, all that's all been redone. College football will be back for for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, that, honestly, that's the most important. Even though it's the Big Ten, I'll say Buckeyes is the most important to me. Uh, it's mostly because that's where my most deeply rooted fandoms come from. Uh, I was pretty much raised to be a Ohio State fan. My grandmother, uh, pretty much most good portion of my family is all Ohio State fans. So that's where my fandom is most deeply rooted. Even though I'm a fan of different other things and different sports, but I would definitely say that when Ohio State loses, I'm the most heartbroke. When Ohio State wins, I'm the most joyed. So get back to that. So since the Big Ten has not played football yet, today being Thursday, October 8th, the Big Ten is supposed to start playing football on October 24th. And ever since then, I've kind of been like a kind of like in and out of like college football. Like there's been a couple games that I've like really been into. But for the most part, I'm like a I'm a Spurn fan. I was like, uh, like you know what? If Ohio State can't be a part of it, I'm not gonna watch. But you know what? Knowing that Ohio State is coming back October 24th, I have been trying to keep my eye on a couple things. And you know what? There's a couple things I wanted to talk about right now. First off, Oklahoma <laughs> now one and two, and they have two losses, and they have lost two weeks in a row. They have lost to Kansas State last week. Not not last week, it was the weekend before. Uh two weeks ago, two Saturdays ago, they had they lost to Kansas State. Okay, fine. You know what? Crazy year, right? I was super happy. This my hate for Oklahoma goes back to when Baker was playing there and decided to plant the flag. Even though on its surface it doesn't look like that bad of a thing, but that was just crazy. So ever since, I have hated Oklahoma, not, and not to mention, Oklahoma's one of those teams, kind of like the Cowboys, like every year, everybody's like, Oklahoma's going to be so good, Lincoln Riley is so amazing, and that I cannot, I cannot deny, Lincoln Riley is an amazing offensive coordinator, but Oklahoma never plays defense, and that is never, nobody really likes to talk about it until they get that fat L from a team that is of their caliber, because they don't play defense. But you know what? Oklahoma gave us a treat this year, and they decided to lose to teams that aren't of their caliber because their defense stinks. So, two weeks ago, they lose to Kansas State. All right, fine. I was happy. Happy to see it. Great. I was, I was so happy. See Oklahoma lose. Pretty much taking them out of college football playoff. Fine, right? And then, this past Saturday, I was paying no attention to football at all. But you know what? Oklahoma lost again to Iowa State, and that was the most elated I have felt in forever. Pretty much, because even if, even if, like maybe they have that one loss, and maybe they go through the rest of their schedule looking pretty good against other teams that don't play defense, have a lot of offensive stats, their nice uh, Spencer Rattler, their quarterback, would have been throwing all the football over the field, because he is a talented guy, but I did watch QB1, uh, the show on Netflix that he was on, and you just don't get a, it just don't get a great vibe from him. Sometimes when you have uh, guys that are high profile like that from a young age, sometimes it kind of gets into their head. At least from what I saw, I, I can definitely be, I can definitely be on the outlier of this. 
he did not seem like a guy that was very personable. He kind of seemed like he was into himself a little too much. So it doesn't necessarily give me a great feeling to see him succeed. But, well, he can succeed. Obviously, I want everybody to succeed. But, you know, you want a guy like that to have a little bit of humility, humility knowing that, like, where the position that they're in and all that. But he has struggled throughout this first season of him starting his redshirt sophomore season. Yeah. Uh, so he has not played well, has been throwing a lot of interceptions, Keep even though he's very talented, throwing a lot of interceptions, giving them all the other team, not to mention their defense can't stop anybody. We literally can't stop a nosebleed, I'm telling you. So they now have lost to Kansas State and Iowa State. Two weeks in a row, pretty much knocking them out of any chance of being in the college football playoff and honestly knocking the Big 12 out all in general. I think the only team that's left is Oklahoma State, and I do not have a lot of confidence in them doing anything long-term because they beat Tulsa by, like, nine points in their first week playing, and that's Tulsa. I'm pretty sure—let me go back to that that game. Yeah, they beat Tulsa 16-7. to So I just don't have a lot of confidence that, you know, they're going to be able to keep that going. So keep their winless, their their lossless streak going. Well, their winning streak. They haven't lost this season. I don't have any, a lot of confidence that they're going to keep it going. So pretty much the Big Twelve being knocked out of the college football playoff altogether just gives me a lot of gives me a lot of joy uh, to see that. Uh, not to mention a couple other teams that uh, I have. This is going to be a nice little thing of me liking teams losing. But you know, like honestly, when it comes to me, Ohio State. And the big boys are all that I care about. So seeing other big boys lose and prove that they're not as good as everybody thought they would be uh, gives me a good feeling. The other other team I could think about is going to be Texas. Texas just took an L to, what would that be to? They, because not this past Saturday, the Saturday before, they almost lost to Texas Tech. And Texas Tech couldn't pull it off. But then this past Saturday... Texas managed to lose to TCU. And from what I heard, this is the first time they've lost to TCU at home since like 1960 or something like that. So I was real happy to see that because Texas is another one of those teams every year gets a lot of uh, a lot of love for being a great team. And I can't say that they specifically have one side of the ball that's bad, but I can definitely say that they always are like, a lot like the Cowboys, something's always going to go wrong and keep them from doing what they want to doing what their fans think they can do, and what the like the country in general wants them to do. I don't know why they seem everybody seems like Texas should be a powerhouse every year because they haven't been. They ha- haven't been a powerhouse in a long time. And I think everybody should kind of kind of change their their outlook on what Texas football is. Yes, they are a big college in a big state that is very rich in recruiting, but those those kids are going other places. They're not only going to Texas. They're going to they're going to the big boys. They're going to Alabama. They're going to Ohio State. They're going to I hate to say Oklahoma. They're going to Clemson now. So that talent rich state. I think those those kids that are in that state aren't just looking at the the uh, their the big school in their state and saying oh that's all I want to do. They're going to other places and prospering in uh, those other colleges. So they haven't been. Texas in a long time so that that was a nice little thing to see as well um and I think that's it for all like, the teams I was really looking at 
obviously Bama's doing their thing. They've been doing it for the last couple of weeks. They've been winning like they're supposed to. They're Bama. And then uh, Clemson's been doing their job too. But here's what I will say. that Clemson does play Miami this week because Miami has been a good surprise. Uh, they've been playing really well. So I will be keeping an eye on that game because I, obviously I would love to see Clemson lose. I'm just not a fan, big fan of Clemson at all. Obviously with me being an Ohio State fan. So love to see Clemson lose to Miami. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and either I'll have a big smile on my face or I'll be super sad next week. We'll see how that goes. So that's pretty much it about college football for me. Uh, next, I will get into the normal NFL NFL uh, slate, pretty much reviewing all the games from last week, from the week four, and then going into week five. And I will start with, let's see, week four, yeah. All right, so week four started off with that Jets-Broncos game, the battle of two terrible teams. Broncos pulled it out. I did not watch a single second of this game because it is uh, two terrible teams. I did see that uh, Sam Darnold had a really big run as a from a quarterback position. He ran like a 46-yard touchdown run, but it turned out that he got knocked out of the game via a concussion, I want to say. I, I'm not sure, some type of injury. That's going to keep him out for this coming week as well. But uh, he did not play the whole game. His offensive line st- stays not uh, protecting for him, and he's running for his life. So Sam Donald's been totally screwed by his situation. His te- hasn't been putting a team around him. His coach isn't calling good plays. His coach isn't coaching anybody. So I really do see Adam Gase as being a guy that's going to take a fall here in the next few weeks. If not, I don't know why they last him the rest of the year. But uh, they will have a question on their hands whether they want to uh, take Trevor Lawrence at the end of the year because they do suck. Broncos won that game 37-28. Next game, Bengals and Jaguars. Bengals won. Joe Burrow got his first win against the Jags. Jags are kind of coming back to – they're being a hard-out team. I used, I started out the season thinking they're going to be a team that that was going to lose every game because they because their management wants them to lose so they can tank for Lawrence – Tank for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, or try to get uh, Justin Fields. But it turns out they're just going to be a hard out. They're not the best team in the world, but they've stayed in every game that they've been in. Uh, And Joe Burrow kind of pulled it out in this game. I think they pretty much gave him the reins again. For the most part, they gave, he got 36 attempts, 25 of 36, 300 yards, a touchdown, interception. Joe Mixon had a crazy good day, 25 carries, 151 yards, and two touchdowns. They, the Bengals showed up to play, and the Bengals, I think, are going to end up being one of those teams that's going to be a hard out as well. Because when you have a team that is young like that, and that is going to, that maybe starting out from the bottom of the barrel, when you have a guy like Joe Burrow who has supreme confidence in himself and uh, wants his team to win, sometimes your uh, team starts to take some of the, some take on some of those characteristics. So they're going to be a hard out. They're going to get some wins. They're they still. May not have the most wins, the most uh, the most wins of any team, but you know what? They're going to be a hard out. They're going to play hard, and they will have be able to add a good draft pick to whatever they have as a team at the end of the year. Bengals win. Happy for Joe Burrow being an Ohio State guy, but it's the Bengals. Me being a Steelers guy, I don't want to see the Bengals do well either. Next, you got the Brownies and Cowboys. This was a big one. Uh, Browns were up big on the Cowboys very uh, very early on. I think they were up at one point. 
it was 41 to 14 at the at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and they managed to their defense managed to let the Cowboys back in it, try to make it close. Even though score-wise it was close, but honestly watching the game it was kind of, it was a beatdown. The uh I think the Browns ran like three over 300 yards on him even without Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb got hard partial, partial way through the game. And they still managed to run 300 yards on the Cowboys. OBJ had a big breaking out day. He had 51, uh, five receptions, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown to that. Baker Mayfield had a pedestrian kind of day, kind of middle of the road. But yet again, when you have the talent that he has and your team runs for 300 yards, you don't need to have a great day. He 19 for 30, 165, and two touchdowns. Uh it just shows like how bad that Cowboys defense is. They're getting flaming yawned out there. And it kind of shows how the Cowboys aren't much better than they were last year. They're now one and three. Yes, Dak Prescott has been throwing for crazy. Like, I think there's a stat that there isn't he threw for nine hundred yards over two games, which is the most over two games stretched in NFL history, but I'm like, at what cost? Like they're still losing games. Yeah, they're still losing games, so at what cost is Dak Prescott going to get all these yards where they're not going to get a lot of wins? So if Mike McCarthy wasn't there and they're not going to get more wins than they got before, you can't blame Jason Garrett anymore. So sometimes you got to – like Dak Prescott has all this talent around him, and he's still not he's, – he's getting yards. He's, he's producing. But sometimes when you have a – like when you want to be that top-flight quarterback like he wants to be paid like – you got to make those plays. They had a chance into the game, even though it was a beatdown. They had a chance. It was 41-38 with 3.42 left. And the Cowboys got the ball back and had a chance to try to go win the game. It was 38-49 at that point. But you know what? It was a... Had a chance. Prescott threw a pick. And it just is what it is, you know? Like, sometimes you just don't have... Those quarterbacks, a la... Uh, Kirk Cousins. Sometimes they're just not going to make those plays that's going to get the team to win. They're going to do everything else. They're going to get the stats. They're going to do all that. Make, it's gonna, the stat line will look good, but it's just not going to end with a dub. And that, that's just the hard, harsh truth for the Cowboys. And I ne- don't necessarily blame them that they don't want to pay Dak Prescott $40 million a year for a guy that you have to put all the supreme talent around. I feel like if they're not going to... like, I heard this from, uh, I think, Green... Mike Greenberg uh, on Get Up from ESPN has been talking about this forever. I think if they're not going to put quarterback contracts as like a as a mulligan, like if they're going to put contracts for quarterbacks since they they keep getting a lot more money than everybody else, but the salary cap isn't going up all that much either. So if they're not going to put quarterback contracts in a separate box where it's not going to affect the rest of the salary cap, then you kind of have to make a harsh choice if you're going to try to pay a quarterback that much money because it does take away from everybody else. That's just how it is. So I just don't think Dak Prescott's going to be that guy that depending on your team, because if you're paying a quarterback that much, there's going to be places where you're not going to be able to pay. Yes, they have Zeke paid. Yes, they have Amari Cooper paid. Yes, they have one of the defensive linemen paid that's not really playing well. In, anyway, not defensive linemen. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, he they they're paying him. But yet again, like they're gonna, if they want to make their defense better, they're gonna have to put money into it. But if they're gonna pay Dak Prescott all that money, 
that's less money they can put into their defense. So you're just going to keep having the same thing go on. So that's just something that Cowboys fans have to think about. Yes, Dak Prescott is a good player, but I just don't think he deserves. And everybody keeps talking about how, oh, what about Carson Wentz? What what about uh, Jared Goff? He's as good. He's doing better than them. But I'm like, their contracts weren't really worth it either. But at least in Jared Jared, Jared Goff's uh, case, he has a court, uh, coach and court, offensive coordinator that is going to get the best out of him. They haven't found that for Dak. For Carson Wentz, he has not played up to that contract either. And I'm not going to, and nobody can tell me differently. And you know what? If like Just because their contracts are bad doesn't mean that the Cowboys should pay that kind of contract just off of principle. Like that, 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 that's not how that works. If they don't see Dak Prescott as being a guy of that value, then they shouldn't pay him. And nobody should sit there and try to look at them and say, you have to pay a guy just because there's two other bad contracts out there. That's just not how that works. All right, that's it on my thing about the Cowboys. Next thing I'm going to the Saints and Lions. Saints took care of business. Lions kind of, uh, they had a 14-0 lead and managed to give that up. And over the game, over the course of the game, you had Drew Brees playing pretty well. 246, 246 yards, two touchdowns. This is all without Michael Thomas still. I have a feeling once they get him back and get him back into the fold, they're going to play a lot better offensively. But they're still managing to grind out these games, and uh, it that's pretty easy to see. The Lions are now one and three, zero uh, and two at home. They get they just got beat by the Saints. They didn't necessarily play that great. They had a lead and they kind of gave it up without really answering any point. I think the Saints scored twenty eight thirty five unanswered points before the Detroit scored again. That's not looking good at all. And uh, the one of the big stories is about how. The Lions coach Matt Patricia came out after the game and talked about how there's a lot of work that had to be done, like when it comes to the culture and how good the team was when he got there a few years ago. That wasn't necessarily the case when uh, the Lions t- fired their their previous coach. He they were nine and seven, and ever since ever since he uh, Patricia got there, they've been a losing football team. And uh, when you get a team like that, that is kind of their middle of the road and they wanted to try to hire a guy to get them over the hump. Obviously, they hired Patricia because he was a former Patriots guy. Patriots uh, offensive and defensive coordinators are really highly valued because they're with the Patriots, but they don't always work out. So what happens is they hired this guy thinking he's going to get him over the hump. He hasn't. And now he's starting to point fingers. And now everybody's starting to look at him and say, why are you pointing fingers at everybody else? Because that team has a losing record ever since he got there, and I've I have a feeling eventually he's gonna get he's gonna get the axe, just because they have a guy like Matthew Stafford who is a top ten quarterback with really top five arm talent, and they haven't done anything with it. And there just needs to be a change of the head coach because it hasn't gone well since he got there. Next, you got the Saints and the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, no Seahawks and Dolphins. Seahawks beat them, beat the Dolphins 31-23. That game was quite close uh, for a little while, but I think that's mostly because that Seahawks defense isn't stopping anybody. Uh, I th- that Seahawks defense is going to be a problem, and I think with Russell Wilson playing the way he is right now, it's, it's fine. But if Russell Wilson's play drops at all, which he's playing an MVP level right now, if his level of play starts to drop, that team will take losses. Like that just, That's just the truth. That defense is not stopping anybody, and that and that sucks to say because 
They did make some big trades to get players on their defense to try to do better. They, I think, situationally they're good, but like they're just giving up a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and that that's something they're just going to have to address. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that in the middle of a season uh, in a way that's going to change the way that they're playing right now. Russell Wilson's playing great. They're still undefeated, but I think it just really shows a bigger issue that they're going to have for, through the rest of the season that uh, may lead to some losses that they they shouldn't have if they just had a better defense. Uh, Buccaneers Chargers, Tom Brady had a great day. I think he threw 30 of 46, 369, five touchdowns and interception. Definitely a great day. Uh, the Chargers have been a hard team for pe- uh, for teams. They've Their defense is underrated. I don't think they're that, that, that healthy, but they have been a really good team. Uh, Really good stifling defense, but Tom Brady came to play. Tom Brady wants to prove me wrong again, apparently, because I've been the, I've been on the side of Tom Brady's been playing pedestrian football. But uh, when you have a guy that's that great, I have a feeling that he's going to have days like this. I think these days are happening less and less than they used to, but he's going to have days like this where he looks ab- absolutely amazing, and I obviously have nothing to say to that. But let's also say that Justin Herbert did come out to play, though. 20, to 20, 20 of 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. He had a great day. Uh, I think it is showing that this young quarterback uh, does have a does have a future in this league. They ha- He's been thrown out because of the whole Tyrod Taylor thing. I'm pretty sure I've talked about that already. He's been thrown out. He's taken advantage of his opportunity. And the way he's playing, I really don't see them taking the job away from him, even if Ty- Ty- Tyrod Taylor is healthy. And that is a that that sucks for Tyrod Taylor, but you know what? You have to look at Justin Herbert and marvel at the fact that he is taking advantage of his opportunity when he has it. So that's all I got to say about that. You got the Ravens, Ravens, the Washington football team played. Ravens won thirty-one seventeen. Obviously, it was a beatdown on by all stretches of the imagination. The story I want to talk about is Dwayne Haskins. He uh, he didn't have a terrible game. 32 of 45, 314 yards, no touchdowns, but no picks either. He kind of was there. He's still learning. He's played less than 16 full games. And they have, news have come out in the last couple of days that they, that they have already decided to, to bench him for Kyle Allen, I believe, a quarterback that Ron Rivera had in uh, the, with the Panthers last year. It's one of those things where I feel like they pulled the plug too early on Dwayne Haskins. You give a guy, if you're going to pick a guy up like that in the first round, even though I know Ron Rivera wasn't the coach when they picked up Dwayne Haskins in the draft, so he has no allegiances to Dwayne Haskins. But yet again, when you spend that kind of draft capital on a guy, you would like to hope that you would give him a long enough lease to learn. And he, I feel like Dwayne Haskins was never given a good shake when it comes to having a coaching staff that was all the way on his side, willing to change their offense for to fit his strengths. I feel like they were trying to force him into to an offense that you got to play with, within this offense or you're not going to do well, rather than saying, hey, what do you do well? How can we fit this team around you for you to be better? A la what the Bengals are doing for Joe Burrow. They're throwing him out there, but they're also saying, we're going to put you in the best position to win by tailing this offense to what you like to do. They haven't done that for Dwayne Haskins. 
and I feel like they were just waiting for a reason to bench him, and they did. I hope, I I really do hope that this my Steelers, I love my Steelers, I love Ben, but if the Steelers can throw a fifth-round pick at him and potentially pick um, trade for Dwayne Haskins and have him sit behind Ben for the next couple years and have him ready by the time Ben retires, I would love that because I do feel like Dwayne Haskins has the arm talent. And I feel like if you give him time and give him coaching – I don't that I don't think he's received in Washington. I, I think he will have a good NFL career. And I I did hear I did read this somewhere that because they want these quarterbacks to play so well early in the NFL, they'll identify talent, but these teams aren't as good at at developing talent. And I really do think that there's a lot more quarterbacks that were that are destroyed. Uh, than that are than that succeed in the NFL. That's always been the truth, but I do always think that there's a I do think there's a shorter leash for quarterbacks nowadays because there's so many quarterbacks every year coming out of college that they're like ooh shiny new toys. So they're more willing to say, you know what, this quarterback we drafted, they're willing to give up on that guy much faster than they used to, and that I hate to see that for Dwayne Haskins. I really do think, uh, obviously me being a homer, but still I like I don't think anybody can deny that he has NFL talent. But it, it just sucks to see that Floyd Haskins, him getting benched like that, not giving him a full chance to go through a whole season and experience all the ups and downs of a young quarterback that only played 12 games in college, 13 games in college. That like That's something you got to think about. He didn't play for three years at Ohio State. He played for one year, and he came out. So that's something you really got to think about. Um, next, you got the Panthers and Cardinals. Panthers won that game. Uh, Kyler Murray did not have his best game 24 31 for 133 he did have three touchdowns but i think most of those were on garbage time uh the panthers did really well i i predicted that the cardinals would come away with the win in this i think i kind of got blinded by kyler murray and how great he is sometimes when you don't have like they have a good offensive team but their defense is still uh still struggling they still have some things they got to do on defense uh, to stop other teams from playing well, and they're not able to do that yet. Panthers won that game pretty easily. They ran the ball well. Teddy Bridgewater had an okay day, 270s, 276 yards, two touchdowns and interception for the Panthers. Uh, they ran pretty well. Mike Davis, uh, 16 carries, 84 yards and a touchdown. Like So like that Cardinals defense wasn't really stopping the Panthers. And... Uh, that kind of sucks to hear because the Panthers really hadn't been playing all that well either. So I think it kind of brought me back to earth when it comes on when it comes to Kyler Murray in that in the Cardinals because Kyler Murray is so great. Football is one of those things where you could have a great quarterback, but a lot of the situate like a lot of the teammates and so, like it's a there's many more people involved. So if you have a struggling defense, it's going to make it harder to win. Or if Kyler Murray's not having a great day, it's going to leave the door open for other teams to play well and get back into it and for them to win the game as well. Kyler Murray didn't play great, so Panthers ended up winning that game. Uh, Vikings-Texans. Vikings won that game, the battle of winless teams. Uh, Texans Texans are still winless now. Vikings are came away 1-3. They won that game 31-23. Watson did everything that he could. Really, without much of a wide receiver core, <laughs> obviously they would like to have Hopkins back, but uh, that's not happening. He's playing for the Cardinals. Uh, honestly, I don't really don't have much to say about this game. I didn't really watch it. 
The stat line's pretty good. Kirk Cousins had a pedestrian day, 260 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a great day, 27 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Thielen had a good day, eight eight receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. So, it, you know, Vikings had a good day. Neither defense is that great. One team scored more than the other. Uh, better news to come out of that uh, that game is that Bill O'Brien, the Texans, uh, co- then coach and GM, got fired. Uh, obviously, they probably should have fired him before he made that terrible trade, trading Hopkins away. But, you know, then you can live and you learn, right? He's now messed up that team for the pretty much the rest of Watson's career because he had a, wide, a top five wide receiver to throw to, but now he doesn't. So now they have to try to draft that kind of guy again. So who knows if that's going to work. So he did his damage, and now they've let him go. It sucks to see because you you kind of set Deshaun Watson back. He was looking so great, but now he's struggling without that same kind of wide receiver core uh, coming in with that top with a top five wide receiver like that. That really changes how you, your outlook on your wide receiver room. Without that, they've been struggling, uh, and it sucks to see that the the guy like that can ruin ruin your team well before the uh, the owners decide to make that change. Uh, Rams beat the Giants seventeen to nine. Giants still suck. Colts beat the Bears. Uh, Nick Foles didn't play that well. He's kind of going back to what he normally is. Nick Foles is a great backup quarterback, but I just don't see him as a every week starter. So I have a feel, I have a feeling they're going to switch back to Trubisky at some point, and this is going to be a back and forth kind of year for the Bears. Bills and Raiders. Bills beat the Raiders. Josh Allen playing very well still. He managed to pull up pull off that game. Josh Allen, pretty good day, two eighty eight and two touchdowns. Played well, uh, did what you had to do to win. The Raiders have always has pretty much been a tough out pretty much this season. So Bills come away with a win, still 4-0. Next you got, and then you got the Eagles-Niners game. Eagles actually won. The Niners had a bunch of injuries. They did, they actually, uh, Nick Mullins, their starter, ever since Garoppolo got hurt, he actually was playing so bad they pulled him for their third string quarterback. And he didn't play well either. And he played better than Nick Mullins. So their third string was playing better than their second string. Overall, they just and obviously with all the Niners injuries, them playing away from home. Well, yeah, playing away from well, they were at home. So the Niners is not playing well with all these injuries. Eagles were managed, managed to take take advantage. Heck, I think the Eagles are only half a game out of first place in a very bad NFC East. So even only having one win, uh, that one tie is keeping them in it. And I have a feeling that they may just win just by default because that whole whole division is so bad. But, you know, it's good to, for them to have a win. Carson Wentz did his thing with bad wide receivers again. But, you know, it, cut, it brings up everybody having questions about Carson Wentz and whether he can play well or not. That contract aside, I, I do think Carson Wentz can play. I think that contract was given out a little too soon. I don't think he's going to be that. He is that going to be worth that 30-something million dollars a year. But, you know, they uh, the Eagles have to pay him now. They already signed it. Oh, unless they drop him, I don't think they will. He's still he's still a pretty good quarterback, middle of the road, instead of being that potential top five that everybody was calling him a couple years ago. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, in that last couple games, the Patriots-Chiefs game was supposed to be on Sunday, moved to Monday night. Chiefs won uh, uh, oh, with 
Cam got getting COVID. That was the reason why that game was moved. So that Patriots game was moved after Cam had tested positive for COVID-19. Without Cam, it pretty much took the Patriots out of it. They tried to stay. Their defense kind of kept them in it for a while, kind of throwing different looks at Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, it turns out by the time the game was over, Chiefs were just a better team overall offensively and defensively, which gave them the win. They won by 16 points. Uh, and then the last game, Packers-Falcons. Packers dominated the game 30-16. to I think Aaron Rodgers only threw like five in, five incompletions, uh, 27 of 33, so six incompletions. He had 327 yards, four touchdowns. He torched that Falcons offense, uh, that Falcons defense, and then the Falcons offense couldn't really get anything going uh, at all. They had Julio, and then he got hurt in the middle of the game. So their receiver core got hurt. Is keeps getting hurt yet again. They Atlanta's is going to be one of those sucky teams. I think. I don't know if it's a combination of having bad coaching, or their team is just bad. I just honestly don't know. Their secondary is getting destroyed though by injuries, so that is something to look at in the coming weeks as to how they play. Obviously, if you don't have anybody playing, then there's no way you're going to win. You have to have depth, up, especially the secondary positions. And without your offense being all the way healthy, Julio keeps getting hurt. They're not going to play as well as they probably could. Uh, that's it through all the uh, week four games. And then I will go through week five. Uh, week five week five games and where I have to think they're going to go. Next thing, you got the Thursday night game tonight. You got the Buccaneers and Bears. Uh, it's definitely going to be Buccaneers winning this game. Tom Brady's going to keep playing well. The Bears defense isn't as stifling as they once were. Uh, all of that I think is a pretty much a, uh, I think the Tampa Bay is like a three and a half point favorite. I think they're going to go over that. They're going to be a big favorite. I feel like they're going to win big. Uh, Eagles Steelers, my Steelers, I think they're going to keep winning. My Steelers defense has been pretty stifling and with the Eagles not protecting Carson Wentz, they're just not going to be able to get the ball out, uh, in order to keep up with the Steelers offense scoring the way they're going to on the Eagles defense, which isn't that good. Next, you got the Panthers Falcons. I will go with Panthers. Panthers have just been playing a lot better than the Falcons. Uh, I will go with that. I will go with them to win over this winless Falcons team. Uh, Bills Titans. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure if the team's going to keep uh, this game's going to keep going. is going to go on at all just because the Titans have had a lot of positive COVID tests over the last two weeks. It stopped the Steelers from being able to play them last week. And I think it's going to stop them from playing the Bills this week, uh, just due to all the all the positive tests, keeping them from practicing and all that. I really think something big happened, and that's why you have all of these all these positive I think it's like up to like twenty members of that organization having COVID. That's a pretty big outbreak. So, you know, it's something you got to keep looking at. I think if it keeps getting like this, they're going to have to start forfeiting games, and you know that's going to mess up the Titans. Obviously, them being a them being a undefeated teams in team in in weeks that they have played, uh, it sucks to see something like that happen. Hopefully, it wasn't because of somebody doing something stupid like not having a mask uh, or going to something where they're not socially distancing. Like, come on, guys, they're getting paid. They're getting paid millions for this. I get they want to live their normal lives, but. They should just be doing the same exact normal things that everybody else is doing, wearing a mask, staying socially distant, and they should be able to keep their season going. But, you know, they have families. They're going back home. You can't control everybody. That just is what it is. But I think it is telling that 
the Titans have had a huge outbreak, and that huge outbreak hasn't happened anywhere else as of yet. Uh, next, you got the Chiefs playing the Raiders. Chiefs is going to win. They're just a much better team. There's nothing the Raiders can do. Raiders will make it a hard game, though. Uh, Kansas City has a 12.5-point favorite. They might cover that, but I think it's going to be a closer game than the numbers will show. Uh, next, you got the Cardinals and Jets. Cardinals will beat the Jets. Cardinals are a much better team. Jets, I'm pretty sure, won't have Sam Darnold this week. Pretty sure he's still hurt. So, you know, Kyler Murray, I hope he has a pretty good game. I have him in couple fantasy leagues so i need him to do well i need i need to win so he's gonna come out play well against that bad jets defense and along with the fact that jets won't be able to score that all that much because of their bad offense i see the cardinals winning uh next you got the rams and the washington football team rams will win uh washington now playing with the new quarterback even though he has familiarity with the system i just don't see washington getting exponentially better with that quarterback change. So Rams win. Next you got the Bengals and Ravens. Uh, Ravens will win this game. Just just being the Ravens. Being the much better team offensively and defensively. Joe Burrow I hope will have a pretty good day. But uh, you know it will be in vain. The Ravens are just too good. Next you got the Texans and Jaguars. Ooh. You know what? Texans just fired uh, Bill O'Brien. They will be... Having they will have a better outlook this week. I will give the Texans this win with a Jaguars team that's been a tough out for everybody, but I just don't think the Jaguars are good enough to take advantage of the Texans and how bad they are. And I just think Deshaun Watson with the new with uh without Bill O'Brien there, the whole team feeling like they can breathe again. I feel like they will come out and play well. Pretty much on Bill O'Brien how bad he was as a coach for them. Next, you got the Niners and Dolphins. Uh, I will pick the Niners to win against the Dolphins just because of their rushing attack. Even with their just their great coaching. They have really good coaching going on right now. And with the Dolphins, they're just a middle-of-the-road team. They haven't really been a tough out for anybody. That Niners defense is still pretty good, even though, even though the Eagles beat them last week with pretty much pedestrian offense. But I feel like that, I honestly have no good reason. It's it's between two teams that aren't really that good right now. I do feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back in the next couple weeks. So the Niners are just trying to hold on until then. So I'll, just, I'll go with the Niners. Next, you got the Colts and the Browns. The Colts' defense has been pretty good this season. But I don't know if they can compete with the Browns having that momentum from last week beaten up on the Cowboys the way they did. Uh, I will pick the Browns to uh, keep their keep their thing going, even though I'm not a Browns fan at all. I just, just see that that team had, was gaining some confidence, and, I, and unless I see something crazy, I do expect the Browns to win. Giants-Cowboys. Cowboys will win because Cowboys like to beat up on the bad teams and against the good teams be, be not as good. So... I'll keep there and keep that streak going. Cowboys win. Uh, Broncos, Patriots. Patriots win. Broncos still aren't that good. They have a lot of injuries. Go with Bill Belichick until he shows me otherwise. Uh, Vikings and Seahawks. I will go Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson's going to keep playing well. I think he's pretty much on a short time limit on that because you can't have him just keep having to play like this every week and expect to get wins. But you know what? I think this week it'll keep going. Uh, next, you got the Chargers and Saints. I believe that game might be because it's supposed to be Saints at home, 
but that game might be moved to the west coast because of uh because of the hurricane that's coming down there uh, there's i think it's hurricane david or something like that they have a hurricane coming so it's going to be a change in schedule for the saints and i have a feeling that might bite them in the butt with the chargers that have been playing well recently so i'm going to pick the upset charge this really weird with justin herbert playing well i feel like the chargers can pull it off with that saints defense not playing that well uh, i'll go for the upset that's pretty much it on the on the games that are coming up in week five uh last couple things you got the nba finals that are still going on the lakers are up three three to one on the heat uh i do see they have a game tonight i do see the lakers closing out tonight it was a it was a surprise that the heat got a win this a couple days ago to kind of keep the series going on jimmy butler had a 40 point triple double so pretty much showing how Jimmy Butler had to play, has to play a perfect game in order for them to win. You know, it does. Here's what I'll say: even though the Heat were not equipped enough to win this series, I do think that they, they are showing themselves as a team for future free agents, a la you know, uh, Greek freak guys like that. That if you go to Miami with a gut with a team that's already there like that, that aren't isn't really using a lot of their, uh, they still have a lot of cap space. So they're showing other free agents that are going to be coming in the next few years that they will they will be a great fit for a superstar that wants to win, potentially win a championship, especially now that it's kind of now duos of superstars that are joining up to win these uh, now instead of like having like Golden State when they have three superstars, uh, the Cavs when they join together, when Cavs when you have LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love when you have three stars like that. Now that it's two, it makes things more manageable, and I do see a superstar going to Miami in the next couple of years. Uh, great, obviously great weather, being a great town uh, for you know living outside of basketball. Not to mention with the having a good basketball team, I do feel like a superstar will go there at some point in the next couple of years, making Miami that that good team that they once was with LeBron, and being able to challenge for championships. Uh, and then uh, I hate to talk about this, but I have to. Uh, the MLB playoffs are going on right now. Honestly, I'm not going to talk about everything. I'm talking about my Yankees real quick. My Yankees are down one to two in the series, two to one in the series against the Rays. Uh, Yankees won the first game. They've lost the last two. I think it's just when I'm watching these games, I have a big thing about the Yankees are real feast or famine that it seems like when I watch these games, they're swinging for home runs. They're not really putting the ball in play. And the game they did win, they were putting the ball in play. They were slapping the ball around. They didn't, weren't necessarily hitting a bunch of home runs. The home runs were hitting that game, but it did. It didn't seem like players were were putting the ball. They were taking what they were given instead of trying to go for it all. And sometimes, like nowadays, with all these home runs being hit, I feel like it's just like all these players are obsessed with home runs. It's home run or strikeout when I feel like there's so many other options with the game of baseball that it's kind of frustrating. But I hope the Yankees can pull this off. The Rays have have a little bit better pitching. So they, from what the experts say, the Rays kind of have the caliber of like three three great starting pitchers that could be aces on other teams uh, with the Yankees only really having one that could be an ace. So... 
you know, hopefully we can get back to game five so we can uh, get our ace back in there and maybe get a win uh, for the five-game series. But, you know, it's just uh, something we have to look at. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I got nothing else to talk about, guys. So I will be coming back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening.